0: Welcome to the Musician's Venture Podcast. This is a podcast focused on lessons learned from musicians' backstories, as well as from building successful careers in the music business. My name is Nick O'Brien, and I'll be interviewing artists and industry experts and offering insights based on events that Wisconsin Music Ventures has produced. On occasion, I'll be joined by Allison Im, the founder of Wisconsin Music Ventures, as she and I will dive into topics relevant to the music industry. So let's get down to business. Welcome to another episode of the Musicians Venture Podcast. I am your host, Nick O'Brien. In this episode, I chat with a friend and fellow music lover, Sam Brunelli. Sam is a musician who currently plays the keys in a Milwaukee-based band called Wire and Nail. However, most of this episode focuses on his other roles in the Milwaukee music scene. Sam is the city lead for Milwaukee's So Far Sounds concert series, which has grown substantially in the past year or so under his leadership. Sam and I talk extensively about So Far Sounds and how important of an asset the traveling secret concert series is to both musicians and music lovers in more than 400 cities across the world. So if you're not familiar with So Far, well, then this episode is especially for you. Sam also works for the Paps Group, which operates several live music venues in Milwaukee. And on top of that, he's also the stage manager at VAR Gallery, which is a listening room environment in Milwaukee's Walkers Point neighborhood, where Sam books both local and touring artists. Despite his rather young age, Sam has already done a lot in the music industry, and he's an important part of the Milwaukee music scene. Overall, Sam is just a really great guy. I'm so grateful to know him, let alone be friends with him, and I love any chance we get to talk about music, which is almost always the topic of our conversations, and because of his experience in a few different aspects of the music industry, I thought it'd be great to have him on the podcast. Throughout our conversation, we talk about how Sam got into working in the music industry and what his work entails with all the different hats he wears. We also talk about how his work changed during the COVID-19 quarantine and how it's changed since things have gotten back to normal. We dive deep into SOFAR Sounds as Sam explains what it is, how it started, how big it's gotten all over the world, and as well as how it helps musicians find new audiences and music lovers find new musicians. We talk about VAR Gallery and what it offers to the Milwaukee music scene, We also spend some time chatting about the Milwaukee music scene, and Sam provides his perspectives on its strengths, as well as its areas for improvement. He shares advice for musicians when figuring out what shows to book, and he also provides some insights for venues who are looking to book shows. And we end the conversation by talking about Sam's band, Wire and Nail, a honky-tonk rock and roll band that always has a good time no matter where they're playing or who they're playing in front of. This episode is packed full of interesting insights from Sam's experiences in the music industry that are relevant to both musicians and music lovers, so I hope you learn a lot while enjoying this conversation with Sam Brunelli. All right, Sam, so um, thanks for sitting down with me, man. I've been looking forward to this conversation for a long time. Uh, Sam and I are sitting at var studios var gallery um on second street in walkers point milwaukee Uh, and we're sitting here because this is one of the venues in town that sam book shows at and i've been to dozens of of, of the shows here um it's a really cool intimate venue definitely a listening environment not your you know run-of-the-mill kind of like corner of the the opposite of
1: a a bar gig yeah yeah
0: yeah and i've seen some amazing musicians here um i usually come to every show here i think almost yeah i I know i'm coming tonight and i'll come to another one in a couple days i was just here you know last saturday um it's a great space and uh it's quickly becoming like a really like sought after venue to play among musicians and the shows that i've been to here like you Know when I first came, it was, you know, just a handful of folks, maybe a dozen people, but heck Saturday, man, we had there was like the thirty people, sold 30, out, yeah, sold out it was, room, it was yeah. great. So the secret's getting
1: out about VAR. I think it's one of the like rarer places to play in Milwaukee where you have a guaranteed listening room, no matter what the type of music you're playing. Yeah. You know, you're there aren't many spaces that um that the space kind of just creates a atmosphere uh that's you know perfect for sitting listening enjoying the music
2: mm-hmm. yeah and you know
0: sam you i've been wanting to sit down with you for a long time i think we may have met through through your work with so far sounds um if i'm not mistaken but you wear many hats uh in the music industry um and just the milwaukee scene honestly uh you you, you pour beer at eagle yep. park <laughs> you, you play music i have a lot of jobs you book music um, and it was it was fascinating to me I didn't know until someone else told me that you're only like what 25 24 you're 24. okay so the guy is a man about town and <laughs> um you know he's 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 young you know it's it's crazy so um yeah let's start Sam with kind of talking about you know how I start every interview just obviously music is a huge part of your life both the the producing part like producing shows but as well as well as playing. When did music like come into your life in an element that was like inspiring you to like pursue work in the industry?
1: Uh, I think I was always, you know, my I started taking piano lessons when I was a a kid and I I hated it and I quit. Um, But I I got back into it in high school. um, But I've always been I've always loved music. Uh, As a kid, I, I went to a lot of shows. I was, you know, many times the youngest person the youngest kid at a show, like at the Paps theater, you know, everyone else was, you know, middle age or whatever. And I was seeing John Prine at the Pabst as like a 12 year older, you know, okay, I was definitely put into the, put into the scene right away and, and loved it. Uh, so as soon as I got out of high school and, and went to UWM for a few years, um, I, I started working for the Pabst theater group. And that really kind of opened my eyes to, like, the music industry side of things. Um, And in high school, I was in bands, uh, playing in bars before I was 21, you know, playing bar gigs every weekend. Uh, So lots of gigging. And then the the Paps Theater Group really kind of opened my eyes to the business side of of music. Uh, And then I dove more into that uh, in the last few years. And was that
0: like the intent the whole time? Like, did you want to get into the business side or was it just like the job open and you took it? Yeah, no, it not necessarily. And-
1: yeah. I knew uh my friend Grant uh managed the backroom when I was uh probably 20 years old at or even even younger maybe. Um, and he hired me to to help out with the back room, the collectivo backroom. Um, and I'm still one of the house managers there many many years later uh it's my my, one of my favorite venues in town uh but yeah that that kind of it was never my intention to get into the music business but i and i guess i wouldn't even say that i am but i guess i definitely am i I definitely am but uh i just like to to have my hands in as many music industry things as possible whether it's playing Booking shows, you know, hosting so far events, finding venues, connecting with musicians, doing a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, any anything I can do that that is part of the music scene, I'm I'm want to dive into.
0: And and what's the like? I guess what's the desire behind that? What's the motivation? That I just up? love music. Yeah, yeah. But you're not often, you know. I, I I sit down with a lot of of a lot of artists, as you do as well. Um, and what I've learned, you know, over the course of doing, you know, this, these these podcast interviews, as well as just getting myself more immersed um, in the music scene is, you know, a lot of artists are, you know, introverted people, you know, they don't want to be out and about, like, it's, it's kind of counterintuitive, because you see them on stage, and they're mm-hmm. full of energy, and you would expect them to just be like that. Well, I'm an artist, but
1: I mean, I'm not a songwriter. So I think that's <laughs> right, there you go. Just that wasn't a dig at songwriting but i am definitely an extra or uh, you know not an introvert i'm an extrovert i could be talking to people all day I, I love people love being around people i think that definitely helps you know in the music scene yeah you know making connections just kind of how you are you know you yeah. can, i feel like we're very similar in that way Totally. Like we're very extroverted and know people and have connections and like to use those connections to help you know help artists and help the scene in Milwaukee
0: yeah, that's kind of what I was, you know, what I was aiming at here. Like, cause you know, I, I, that's, I love music, you know, I don't, I don't play it. I, w- I wish I had the time to to do it, um, but I love consuming music, particularly mm-hmm. live music. But I, I, I really do think that for me, the, the motivation, the desire to, 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 to gain connections, to, to, to use those connections to help the artists is just really about my desire to help people. And I have a soft spot in my heart for all creatives, not just musicians, but also totally. artists and entrepreneurs and and anybody who's trying to make something that doesn't exist in this world and share it with as many people as possible. I recognize that I have a skill set mm-hmm. that can help amplify that.
1: And I wonder if that's kind of similar for you totally. I think I think you know you can be an artist and involved in the scene, whether you're, you know, a songwriter uh you know booking shows helping promote shows anything you do to try to help the music scene i think you're equally as important in that scene and uh, you know important in growing it especially in Milwaukee
0: yeah and so i mean you're you're still young but you've been you've been kind of in and about the the music scene in Milwaukee since you were like you said like before you were a teenager yeah um so I'm curious, you know, and we'll, we can dive into this a little bit more. Um, and maybe we will. Well, maybe I'll just wait here. Let's let's talk about like you know, because you, okay, you you started with the Paps group, you know, kind of running
1: running shows the day of. Um as really, well, I started with like hanging posters. Okay. It was definitely yeah, yeah definitely not running shows. Um I mean, now I'm like a, one of the event managers for the Paps theater group, but you know, it started as like handing out flyers and hanging posters in the theaters. Um in exchange for, you know, free tickets for yeah. shows. Yeah. Uh, and then that I mean, I spent many, many, many shifts operating the ancient elevator in the Riverside Theater. Mm. You know, that was like one of my first jobs at the at the PAPS group was the literally the elevator operator to take artists up to the green room. Um so yeah, I yeah, I started it wasn't like I started running shows when I started there. Take me back
0: to some of the like the first artists that that stick out in your mind and that you were just kind of like, "Whoa, I'm in an elevator with with this person."
1: I mean, yeah, the biggest one for me Neil Young. Okay. I grew up listening to Neil Young. That was like a that was a big one. So when he came and and I got to see him and and you know, more than At the show, you know, backstage, Uh, you know, we always, everyone tries to be really respectful and, you know, that's a big part of the job too at the Pabst is, you know, it's not, it's not cool to ask for autographs Sure, sure. you know, take a picture. That's like definitely a no, no. Yeah. So we try to be as, as respectful as possible to that, but just just being in the, being in the presence of, you know, having coffee in the same room as, as music, amazing musicians, also sitting in the green room mm-hmm. across the, you know, across the room. It's a it's a it's a cool feeling.
0: Who sticks out to you as like um like a personality that you wouldn't have necessarily expected to them to 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 be that way or just like even just like a good personality. Like who are some of the best people that what we know of as great musicians, but you you've gotten the chance to kind of see them off stage.
1: Um one of the nicest guys was actually adam sandler really he was yeah he was uh really nice i mean mostly everyone is really nice you know Mm -hmm. there's i feel like there's a stereotype like oh some musicians are such assholes you know they're so pretentious Mm -hmm. and yeah sure there are some famous pretentious assholes and there's also some people that play at Bremen that are pretentious assholes and you can be an asshole no matter what. Right. Um, right. But the majority of people that I've met through the PAPS are really, really great, really, really great people.
0: Do you have any like stories that stick out that you are, that
1: are appropriate for you to share? None that I can say in a
0: podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of figured that was going to be the yeah. No,
1: The PAPS is also pretty uh, strict about that. For sure. I get that. I get
0: that. So, so, so you, you worked with the PAPS and you kind of worked your way up did you then become like an event manager um, prior to now
1: getting the connection with, with so far and running Milwaukee's chapter? Yeah, it was before pre COVID, you know, I feel like time is such a feels so weird right now. I don't even remember when I was officially like managing the backroom, room, mm-hmm. um, but it's always been part-time. Sure. I've never, I've never uh, taken on a full-time job with the PAPS, mainly because I didn't want to give up playing music sure um you know i like having the flexibility of hey i can you know event manage a handful of shows this month but i also have time to go play you know play a gig Mm -hmm. with wire nail and i have time to you know set up so far shows and book shows at var and you know i like the variety for sure i think it's really nice to have not be locked down to one it might make my life more stressful. Or you interesting. Know, How yeah, you managing a schedule that? and everything. Yeah, but yeah. you know, it's like I have I work probably five or six days a week, but I probably don't work the same job once. Or you know, it's yeah. it's, it's I it's, can uh, relate. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it keeps me keeps me busy. So um
0: you, you mentioned COVID. So Being with uh, being having a a bulk of your work kind of in the the booking world in the in the live person event world, like what was COVID like for for you?
1: I didn't do much for for a long time. I mean, music wise. Uh, and that's when I started you mentioned that I also bartend like once a week at Eagle Park. Uh that's when I started doing that. Okay. Um my the drummer of Wire Nail, which is the band that I'm in um, him and his brother's own Eagle park. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I got into that. Um, and then slowly, slowly as things started happening again, got back into playing and booking and hosting and all of that.
0: What was that like for you personally? Like as someone, cause I can, I can share my side too. Like as someone who really feeds off the energy of, of being in the same room with people and, mm. And like, you know, having those conversations and, and just obviously just also like the experience of of consuming live music is, is a form of self-care for me. So I had to find totally. different ways to kind of scratch that itch. What was it like for you personally? Did you just really dig into, to the creating side of music during that time? Or can you recall? It was,
1: I, it was, it's, uh, it was tougher to like create, Okay, you know, cause it's like, I kind of feed on human contact and everything mm-hmm. so when i say i didn't do much i really didn't do much like okay. it, it was a, uh, you know i wasn't like in a dark depression but you know i was like definitely not just not doing much music gotcha uh, which was not fun
0: yeah did, it, did that like affect your personality did it affect your your mood um,
1: i think it motivated me motivates me now to do more Okay. You know, it's like I had all this time to like have these ideas for so far and how to grow it, and all these ideas of what you know, booking and promoting and stuff. So, uh, you know, I'm not really sure. Okay.
0: Yeah. Well, I know a, a lot of us have put that time behind us. Yeah. Uh, but it. But to your point, yeah, I think it. Um, at least in my experience, it definitely made me um appreciate you know yeah live music experiences and just being out and about with people a lot more. Mm-hmm um when that was taken away so then
1: and then when i needed my fix of live music i would just go up to amherst wisconsin and yeah catch a show because they never stopped
0: right 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 <laughs> right. i remember i was you know i was in milwaukee yeah. but i was i was you know probably three or four nights a week as many times as i would normally be out on mm-hmm. a show i was like jumping on some artists instagram live yeah totally a lot of virtual concerts
1: those are tough for me i didn't um uh... It's just not the same.
0: It's not. It's just not the
1: same. It was like, I understand what musicians were doing. You know, my band at the time, the Oxleys, we tried to do that a couple of times. It's just not. It's like, this isn't, I'd rather just wait, Mm -hmm. you know, ride it out. It's like, oh. So you never once thought
0: like, oh, shoot. Well, so I'm good at like booking and things like that. And I'm going to, you never thought I'm going to,
1: you know, start a, like a virtual concert series or anything like that. No. No. (laughs) It just, I. You know, I I watched some of those and, and everything, and it was like, it just was depressing to me. It's like, this just is not a concert. Like, it's just not the same on a phone or watching sure. it on a computer. Sure. It's like the whole the whole magic of a live performance is just not there. Yeah. I mean, I respect everyone that did that, mm-hmm. and I understand that for a lot of musicians, it was a way to make ends meet, and, you know, it was great for a lot of people, but as someone that is loves the live live music and like the magic of a of a live show, it just was not, not something I was getting into.
0: Did you have artists like reaching out to you during that time in terms of like wanting your advice on how they could um, spread their music in a time when the live option wasn't uh, available?
1: Not really. Okay. I think a lot of musicians just kind of did their own did their own thing and you know, made ends meet. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's uh it definitely wasn't a, a fun time. But um I think to your point again, like it was a time of of that we could all kind of look within, you know. Yeah, it, it stopped things a little bit. And um I, I think a lot of really great music came out of that time. Totally. A lot of really good songwriting uh came out of that time. Um, you know, interesting, just like you know, the 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 headliner you had here at VAR uh, the other night was explaining how. You know, he got dumped twice during COVID. By, by the
1: same woman. By the same person.
0: <laughs> and, and hey, that produced a really good song. That, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Now yeah. produced merch a whole album. for him. You know, it's, yeah. uh, it, I, so I think it it wasn't all bad. You know, I think it's all about how you frame it.
1: And um, I'm just it, happy we're on the other side. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's been cool to see the, the growth um, coming out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I was unsure of how long it would take for people to start coming to so far shows again and coming to shows at var here
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh and i'm i feel like we've not only you know caught up to that but we've exceeded where we were before COVID mm-hmm. in terms of people attending shows yeah and going out and about to to support live music again
0: yeah so all the positions that you have in the industry right now with you know the PAPS group with booking shows here at var and so far, did you have those positions when COVID hit?
1: Um I was involved in so far. So far has changed a lot since pre-COVID. Okay. Uh pre-COVID, uh, we weren't a uh I, I guess like a full-time city. Mm-hmm. In in air quotes, like uh we were a we were called the curator city. So it was more like however many shows we wanted to put on uh, a friend of mine, Justin Otto, who I met at the Paps group. He was running things then. And it was kind of like, you know, we were all at busy schedules. Maybe once a month, we'd put on a so far show mostly for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, coming out of COVID uh, Justin, just with being busy in other jobs, you know, he got a, he got more of a full-time gig during COVID. Um, Didn't really want to continue that role. Um, and I, uh, took over and met with the so far folks regionally. And we decided to invest a lot more time and resources into Milwaukee to try to grow the, the so far scene here. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that's really become so far a great success. I mean, we're the next four shows over the next two and a half months are sold out. Uh, we, we can't keep up, you know, we, we post a show and before it, you know, before people even realize it happens it's happening i feel like it's sold out mm-hmm. or it's almost sold out yeah. which is a, a really great a really great thing
2: yeah
1: um so that's like like i said before you know it's it's even surpassed what i thought it would be pre covid um and the same with the shows at var i mean i was the stage manager prior to covid but we weren't hosting a ton of shows here certainly not the number we are now where it's like a couple of weeks sometimes you know five or six shows a month pretty much every weekend you can come to far and see a touring artist in an intimate setting for a cheap ten dollar ticket that goes to the artist you know it's a. Yeah. It's, uh, as i touched on before not many places in milwaukee that you can do that um and it's a curated space you know same with so far it's not Open mic night. It's you know, yeah, you're coming to see a touring artist that does this full time. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, maybe I got a little off track there. No, you (laughs)
0: guys perfect there is no off-track on this podcast. We'll just we just go with the flow. So I do want to rewind. Um, and let's zoom in on so far. So because there there are likely listeners who aren't familiar. Mm -hmm. It's crazy to me. I'm running to folks all the time who go to shows all the time and don't know about so far. Sounds
1: I feel like a very small number of people know about it. Yeah, so but when you tell them about it, everyone goes, "Wow, that's that's really fucking cool!" Like, yeah, that's awesome. So, for the
0: listeners who aren't aware of SoFar Sounds, Sam, why don't you enlighten them the, with the what... quick
1: the quick overview? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it stands for Songs from a Room. I didn't even know that. Yeah, that's the that's what SoFar stands for. Um, it started in London at this point, probably over ten years ago. Okay, um, and the whole idea was to bring listening listening rooms back to live music you know not some guy playing in the corner of a bar where it's loud and no one's paying attention you know the idea is to bring music lovers together to listen to an artist and actually take it in uh so the the format of the show is it's uh their secret shows so you don't know who's playing you don't know where it is they're not at traditional venues Uh, It could be in an abandoned warehouse, could be at an art gallery, could be at a coffee shop that's closed for the day. Um, Someone's house? Someone's house, yeah. They started a lot of, in London, a lot of it was house shows. Mm -hmm. But a way to structure them a bit more. And now it's really snowballed into this. I mean, we're in over 400 cities across the world. Wow,
0: that's incredible.
1: Uh, Over 25 countries and 400 cities. So it's really a crazy organization and how quickly it's grown. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, so let's say you wanted to buy a ticket to a show. You'd go on SoFar Milwaukee's website. You would see a bunch of dates listed and times, you know, start times. And that's it. Uh, You know, you'd you'd buy a ticket. They're relatively very affordable tickets. 18 bucks or something like that? Yeah, for three different touring artists. Mm -hmm. Um, The day of the show, you'll get an email with the address um, and the arrival time and whether or not it's BYOB, whether you need to bring a chair, whether you need to bring a pillow to sit on. Um, You show up, and there's three different artists that each play roughly 20-minute sets. And it could be anything. It could be three completely different genres, three similar genres, you know, a spoken word. Uh, I mean, we've had had shows that are, you know, a hip-hop artist from L.A., an experimental jazz duo, and uh like six piece indie band from Chicago, all in the same build. But they each only play 20 minutes. Uh, and that's the other thing too. You know, let's say it's not your favorite genre. You know, that's okay. It's still only 20 minutes, so you can you can endure it and and enjoy it. And maybe by the end of it, you'll be experienced to something that you wouldn't have necessarily bought a ticket to, but hey, now you've you've experienced something new um and different, and maybe you didn't mind it. You know, yeah. maybe you like it.
0: I can totally relate to that because there's, I mean, so far is to credit for a lot of genres that I wouldn't have chosen totally to go to. But now I'm like deep, deep in yeah. it, you know? I um, mean, that's
1: the whole point is that it's, you don't know, it's a secret. And you better love music if you're buying a ticket because, you know, you're going to be asked to put your phone away, not talk and really take in three artists.
0: Yeah. And that's, for me, the, those are my favorite you know, mm-hmm. environments to consume live music it's it's like and i and i know i'm not alone in that obviously oh yeah I, you know because it's grown the way that it has not only in milwaukee but around the world and you know to be in a room where for me the live music experience is so much more than just taking in mm-hmm. the music it's also being in a community of people totally who maybe you know maybe you don't know mm-hmm. Um, but everyone is sharing the exact same experience. Everyone's focused yeah. on what's happening on the stage. Mm-hmm. There's not sad conversations happening. There's not somebody in the corner playing darts or pool or whatever. And there's this collective energy that yep. I feel.
1: It, it was makes so the room hearing. electric. It's, you know, exactly. It, it's, you could hear a pin drop and, you you know, artists have everyone in the room in the palm of their hand. Absolutely. The whole time. Even yeah. if even if they're, no matter the genre. Right um and it's not as you know so far it's not for everybody though too and i get that and i i always say if you're not up for it for don't come mm-hmm. it's you know i want you to come if you're gonna love it but it's it's funny like for example we did a yeah. um we did an article in the journal sentinel a while back and this isn't a you know i read the journal sentinel yeah. nothing against people that read the journal sentinel but it was such a big big promo and then our next show a bunch of people came that are you
2: know,
1: read it in paper and it was Uh cool sounding. And then afterwards we got a bunch of reviews like, you know, well, I didn't like that, that genre. And, oh, I didn't like that. Where was my assigned seat? And it's, you know, I was like, okay, we have to, it's a really cool organization and it's a great way for people that love music and are open-minded to come see and enjoy new things.
0: Yeah, and there's I mean, for me, I you know, I nerd out about community. Mm-hmm. And so far, is like the epitome Absolutely. of music community. I agree, and um, and not only with the artists, and, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll say something about that now. and I'm sure you can you can sp- say a lot more about it, but like as an attendee. You know, you start mm-hmm. to see the same faces that you totally. only see at SoFar shows, yeah. and then you run into them in the grocery store, Because they're all music lovers, you know, a coffee shop yeah. or whatever. And hey, I remember you from you know a SoFar show a couple months ago. It's you can awesome. be you
1: can be pretty confident if you're a SoFar regular. You're an open minded person that you know wants community, wants to support music musicians, and actually cares about you know what their words are or mm-hmm. what their what their sound is. Totally.
0: And then on the musician side, you know, there are touring artists that are just like on the SoFar circuit. Totally. Know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, we like, try to, you know, we're really close, even though I I'm the only person booking shows in Milwaukee. You know, I talk all the time to my coworkers in so far Chicago and so far Columbus and Indianapolis. And I mean, you name a city, there's probably a SoFar there. So um, it's also interesting from as like a musician, too. Like not just a promoter or a, a booking agent. Um, like I've played, I think seven different sofars in other cities. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, it's 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 like what as a touring artist, a small independent touring artist. Let's say you go to a city, let's say Cleveland, right? I've never been to Cleveland, I don't know anyone in Cleveland. I probably have zero to five fans in Cleveland. <laughs> and so what are my options booking a show? I could play a bar gig, a, you know, a three hour set in the corner of a bar. Make, you know, maybe make some money. But you're probably not creating a sustained draw for yep. when you come back to that city. Yep. Um, you know, but you might make some money. You could play like a club show. That's usually like a door deal that, you know, I've never been to Cleveland. I don't have any fans there. Not many people are probably going to come and I won't make any money and also won't make any return fans. Or I could play a so far show where sure, it's not a big payday, but you're only playing four songs and you're guaranteeing a return.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, you're guaranteeing, you know, fans that are going to listen, they're going to follow you. They're going to buy merch and then the number of times you know they come back to that same city they're much more likely to have a return fan base totally I and mean, I... we see that here at var all the time you know the number of times i've booked a show a sofar artist their first time or second time in milwaukee play a sofar and then 4 months 5 months later yeah. they're coming through i book them at var and 85% of the crowd are sofar Attendees that found them, followed them, and then came here. Yep, and that's the whole growth of so far. You know, you're not the goal of so far with artists is not to keep them being a so far artist forever. It's like, hey, let us help you grow. So then, your next time through town, you don't have to play it so far. You can play a club show and sell tickets. Yeah, you know, we don't. We want it to be a stepping stone, not a you know, end all, like, you know, we love it if you still played it so far, obviously, but it's, it's the goal is to help artists grow more than anything.
0: Yeah. And I think with that in mind, like that is, it's so designed for the artist, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, cause I've been to shows before where you can tell it's, it, this is absolutely designed for the artist. But it kind of takes away from the attendee experience. Mm-hmm. But for so far, it's it's both sides. It's like what's good for the artist is what's good for the attendee, and what's good for the attendee is good for the artist. Totally, it is in my mind like the perfect formula for like live original music and totally. the artists that create them.
1: I mean, as a as a fan of so far, before I worked for so far or played so far, I attended so far's in Milwaukee, mm-hmm. and I remember my first. The first time I went to a sofar show, I like called a friend of mine. I went alone. I've heard I heard about this thing. I like went to this like this warehouse. And I just remember walking in and I was I called a friend of mine. I was like, holy shit, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. This is the coolest way I've ever taken in live music. Mm -hmm. You know, I was it was I was amazed. It was just it was like a magical night. Right. And it was just two like two bands playing. Right, four songs. That was it. Right, but the you know the way it was curated, it was so cool. You know, it's such a unique way to take in live music, and it's a unique way to play as a band. It's just you know, I'm I'm a big fan of it. I would imagine, as, a, as am you know, I. But yeah, as a, you know, from many angles, from a purely from a fan, from a you know so far staff member, and from a an artist, I just love it. Yeah.
0: So I don't know what you can share um, about like, yeah. what is like, so, so far as that you said, you said somewhere around 10 years old now. Yeah. Um, and it is a for-profit company, correct? No. It's a nonprofit or is it just like, uh, how, how is it?
1: Yeah, we, there's really no, we try to put any resources back into, yeah into so far.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So like, what is the, like, what's the dream state of so far? Like, where does this go? You know, like, is there a finish line? And what's, what does that look like?
1: I mean, the more and more, the goal in Milwaukee is to do more and more shows and the more and more shows we do uh, we'll have more resources to support artists in other ways, you know, sponsoring an artist tour, okay? sponsoring a public show, you know, uh having a club show be sponsored by so far sounds milwaukee Mm -hmm. um
0: does that happen in other cities oh
1: yeah oh Oh, yeah yeah Yeah. so far chicago to put it in perspective so far milwaukee does at this point as we've grown a lot we've done we're doing like three to four shows a month now Mm -hmm. chicago does about seven to eight shows a week wow and that's just one chapter there's just so far chicago there's not like multiple chapters yeah if you go to chicago on like a friday night There are probably three different so far shows happening in three different parts of the city. That's amazing. Um, So, I mean, it's just it's insane what Chicago has done. Um, Chicago, Denver, New York, L.A. There's been a, a lot of those cities literally do over seven shows a week. Yeah. And, and so you're
0: the, you're the community or the, the so far lead in Milwaukee, but I know you've got, you know, a host of folks around you who help mm-hmm. you know set up and photographers totally. and, and, and they're all, and they're all staff. Okay. I okay. mean, they're
1: all actually so far staff.
0: Great. Great. I, not a... That was my question. Was like, what is the, what's put, put the team, pers- uh, like team size and pers- perspective for like a Chicago versus a Milwaukee. Oh, I
1: mean, Chicago is, you know, has hundreds of employees, hundreds and hundreds of employees and it's all just fans that love music that want to help out um and they're their crew members and they're um you know that was a big thing with so far that i saw in the difference of like pre-covid and till now it's like pre-covid it was a lot more a lot more lax but um i mean basically the company grew so incredibly fast that i think they're still catching up on some of the business aspects yeah know? it's like okay yes. but like you know the way we have it now like my employees actually have an app they clock into and clock out you know it's yeah you know, things have really come a long way in that in that sense too
0: so what is the size of the uh of the milwaukee team
1: right now um uh, we have about six crew members
0: and And they just kind of do whatever they have specific specific
1: roles. roles. I mean, we have MCs, we have um, you know, Taylor, who is a really huge part of Sofa Milwaukee. Um, she sets up the room, handles like all the front of house type stuff, you know, checking people in, taking care of taking care of that. We have people that are helping set up lights on the stage to make it that so far look, you know gotcha. everyone everyone has a role,
0: Gotcha. Okay. And how how old is the so far Milwaukee chapter?
1: Uh, I believe it's actually like six years old. Okay. But again, for up until about six months ago, it was all very, very small scale.
0: Gotcha. Is is, is Milwaukee the, the only chapter in Wisconsin? Yes. Okay.
1: Briefly, there was a brief moment pre-COVID that Madison had a chapter in Eau Claire had a chapter i
0: think eau claire was the first so far show i ever went mm-hmm.
1: to but neither of those are back up and running
0: okay interesting w- why do you think that is just like
1: they don't have someone i mean it's to run it yeah you know it's yeah it's a lot of work
0: and it's not technically like on paper a full-time role for you or is it like are you putting 40 plus hours a week no
1: it? it's not a full-time it's it's part-time but in chicago i would imagine like oh yeah that's, there are multiple full-time employees yeah
0: yeah yeah, yeah. gotcha that's cool, man. Yeah, come
1: to a SoFar show soon. See how how awesome it is for yourself. Yeah, you know, I think if you're listening to a podcast on music, you'd probably have be an open mind to for come sure to a SoFar show.
0: Yeah, and then just like from my expected my perspective as an attendee, um, the number of musicians that I have met through SoFar mm-hmm. is I, I can't even it's it's countless, and I mean for this podcast, you right? Know, I met Cal Shimmers mm-hmm. at a SoFar show, and the next week we set up a podcast interview totally. And, you know, he's not in Milwaukee. So we were going to do yeah. that interview via zoom, but we just really connected. Actually, I think that was the show that I emceed. I stood it yeah. for somebody. Yeah. And um, we just really connected before the show. And, you know, he, he texted me like the couple of days before we were about to do the, the zoom interview. And he said, you know, I'd really like to do that interview in person. Mm-hmm. And I got this gig opportunity in Milwaukee. And he's like, I, I wouldn't normally take this gig. Um, because but because I'll come through the podcast. But yeah. I really wanna like you know do this interview in person. So we drove down from lacrosse and we that's awesome. We did the interview. It was a great interview. Um and and then you know, I, I've done interviews with so far artists um like before they played a show. Like totally. I know. Ben Moana, a, mm-hmm. a Wisconsin Music Ventures member, you know, we did an interview. He was one of my first interviews on this podcast, but he's played a few times in Milwaukee, a few times in Chicago. I think I don't know oh, yeah. exactly where else he's, he's played. He's played lots of lots of so far. But if you're a music lover and you also love to travel, which, you know, might coincide with your open mindedness. You know, I would highly, highly recommend. Like, if you're going to a city where you don't know anybody, just go to the so far. You yeah, know, you're going chapter. on a business
1: trip or a work trip. Yeah. Check out that city so far. Go I'm to sure a so
0: far show. You're gonna meet people <laughs> just like you, and you're gonna you're gonna run into musicians that you probably haven't yeah. heard of before. It is just it's incredible. To me, um, there there are two. Music experiences that I put on a pedestal. Mm -hmm. One of those is So Far Sounds, and the other one is Mile of Music, and they're both very similar in the way that, like, people come to actually take in the music. Exactly, and there's the community feel around it, Mm -hmm. not just between attendees and between the musicians, but also between the musicians and the attendees. Mm -hmm. And now with with the staff too. I mean, our friendship has has developed absolutely so far, Uh, and I'm very grateful for it.
1: Like a a quick quick other thing that we're doing in So Far too, that you know, the more and more shows you put on the more and more resources we have we're trying to do more community building events Mm -hmm. you know we did our first like artist alumni yeah that was a fun alumni night actually we did it here at VAR but just you know opportunities for artists to come together meet hopefully you know we we invited industry people booking agents local venues all that stuff and we want to help help these artists grow Mm -hmm. I think an amazing story and kind of it, a great example of how Sofar is a great stepping stone for artists is uh Noah Dirksen and Alicia yep. Dominguez. Yep. Um they had never met. Noah lives in Winnipeg, Canada. Mm-hmm. Alicia is from Waukesha. Mm-hmm. They both played a Sofar show together about four or five months ago now.
2: That and, was the same one with Cal. Yeah.
1: You know, they played a Sofar show, had never met. They both played their four song set um Two months later, they connect up on Zoom, write a song together, and then months after that, played a public show in Malagi here at Var to an almost sold-out crowd. Mm-hmm. And all of that was, you know, all of those things were. It, it was, it's just a ex- great example of how So Far is a stepping stone for artists, and uh, you know, helps create that that impact in a city for a, a small touring artist
0: yeah and also i mean for
1: and the community you know they they both played a so far show and then wrote a love song together
0: yeah <laughs> it's a, it was amazing you know, yeah. yeah it was i was i was here for it, it was mm-hmm. great and, yeah you know um it was raw too uh-huh. it was the first time i ever played that 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 song yeah they together. practiced it
1: in the green room here yeah like 15 minutes before the show yeah they only did it they only rehearsed it on zoom before so
0: yeah it was amazing and and,
1: and they, they got through it you know yeah. like, it was it was yeah. uh
0: it was it was beautiful because it was because it was so raw because there was a yeah. mutual respect with with the attendees mm-hmm. they understood that this was the first time they they told the story before before they played the song um and i also do want to like you know put a call to action out there for business owners you know if you've got a cool, if you're a music lover and you want to invite music lovers into your space and and, and host some of these touring artists for these so far shows you know, reach out to Sam. I think it's what just sam at so far.com.
1: Sam Bernelli, first and last name at so far. Yeah, 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 Um, Yeah, that's another another thing. We're not trying to be, you know, only about promoting the artists. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to promote the community of Milwaukee, whether it's an artist, a touring artist, or a local business. I mean, we do all sorts of shout outs on social media with our, uh, our alumni hosts. Uh, we just did a big like Valentine's Day giveaway with a bunch of former hosts and you know giving away like a date night at their establishment. Um so all of that you know we it's not even just about the artists it's about Milwaukee and community and small businesses and yeah we'll end it we'll end it there.
0: Yeah it's it's just amazing. Like, like I, I could said, go on and on about how much I love it. We both could, you know honestly. Mm. and um it's it's just really really incredible. So um if you haven't heard about so far sounds uh, and, and you're in milwaukee uh please attend one uh if you're elsewhere because we've got listeners all around the country uh you know reach out uh, yeah. uh, get yourself a ticket to the SoFar chapter in your city and uh and you'll get to know uh, a little bit more about what we're talking about here if you don't already um kind of share the same perspective that we have do you have a favorite so far show that you played or that you hosted, like a Nice. like well, I, I think don't mean my, to my favorite here, my then.
1: favorite so far show ever will always be the first one I attended. Okay. okay. Yeah, it was like such an amazing experience as a, you know. Was that in Milwaukee? Yeah, in Milwaukee. What was the venue? I don't even know. It wasn't a business. It was a a, a literally uh I believe it was in someone's apartment, but they basically lived in an abandoned warehouse. Okay. Or, 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 or not abandoned obviously, but a a like a in, a, in a vacant warehouse. So it was yeah, it was very cool, very very cool. And do you remember the artists? I don't. Okay, I don't. I just it was I mean this was probably 6 years ago. So I I don't I just remember loving it. Can
0: you can you recall any artists that have played a so far Milwaukee show that are now, you know, kind of beyond the so far realm that we would we would recognize?
1: Uh Milwaukee, tougher because we were, haven't been around that long or done that many shows. But, I mean, you look at, like, Liam Bridges started with So Far. Gotcha. I mean, like, there are countless artists that now are very famous mm-hmm. that, you know, when they were independent musicians just gigging, um, played So far's. Brothers Osborne played So go. far's. Yeah. There's all sorts of, you know, on the spot, I can't remember all the names, but if, you, if you look up, if you go on SoFar's website, they have a whole, they have a whole platform of artists that have played SoFar's that uh, you'd be, you'd be amazed
0: yeah so again another plug like if you want to see artists that uh the world doesn't know of yet right um right but but you have the chance to see so far is a pretty mm-hmm. damn good opportunity for you to kind oh of, yeah for that entry point to happen so yeah. gosh it's just it's great and like i said we could talk oh, about hey, this for hey. days and uh we yeah. probably will continue off off of uh off air here but uh so so then talk to me about how oh. bar kind of came into the fold um and you know it's an art gallery it's a great venue here uh did you have a relationship with with josh the owner prior just how did how did this
1: come Uh, to be my my old band played here that's how i met josh um and we did a few shows here and they went really well and he he liked how i like kind of curated the room and and set up the shows and asked me if i could you know kind of come on board and and help him you know he he's in the art world mm-hmm. the the visual art world and uh you know he wanted to kind of also include the music art world into his gallery um which I knew more about and uh so yeah that's kind of how that whole that whole thing started and it uh snowballed into what it is now i think it's one of the best venues in town to see an intimate, intimate acoustic show yeah and it's really not known i mean no one if you ask anyone, oh, what are the what are 15 menus in Milwaukee? Most people would not include VAR in that list. Um, which hopefully will change. Right. But uh, you know, we're having great turnouts, we're having amazing shows here. Uh we just upgraded our stage, our speakers, our system. And uh yeah, things are things are on a roll here. And I, I love the space because uh Josh and I just work really well together and we have a similar vision for the space you know we're not as much worried about about uh ticket sales or bar sales as much you know we're, we're worried about putting on a good show mm-hmm. that that comes first you know whether there's five people here or 50 you know as long as it's a good show with you know a curated artist and you know quality artists quality sound quality environment quality cocktails you know yeah that's it's this it's the simple things like that though that that's why josh and i work so well together um as simple as if someone asks him for a cocktail during a performer set he will not do it Mm -hmm. you know he's like we don't shake cocktails during sets Mm -hmm. and that is losing him money yeah to do that but it's it's about creating that environment and that's why that's why I love working here uh, and being involved in this space. It's it's all about the artists. Yeah. Very similar to So Far. Yeah. Just in a in a public sense of you know who's playing here. Yeah. We post who's playing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it it's i I'm trying to create that similar So Far environment
0: uh-huh.
1: in a public venue.
0: Yeah. And how does that work? So because I mean I sit down with venue owners all the time and. You know the back and forth with with booking musicians and like oh well we can't afford that and you know right. and so then the musician if they really want to play that venue they've got to kind of budge on on their fee mm-hmm. um, and it's it's tough you know like uh you know I was just having a conversation with 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 Jim Linneman a couple of weeks ago yeah. oh yeah I mean they're their thirtieth year now and you know it's it's tough to run. A business that makes money when you're when you're a music venue. Oh yeah, because you're already in the hole Mm -hmm. just to open the doors to have that show. So when you when you get the opportunity to work at a venue like this with with a guy like Josh, like how does that work from the business perspective? I mean, just
1: well, the nice thing here is it's not only a music venue. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You know, there are other. It's a it's a full time gallery that's open. You know, every week, so it's not. You know, it's a bit easier in that sense. I mean. I'm not saying we are able to pay, you know, for a lot of bands, if they have a a large fee, this isn't the place for them. I mean, you know, we we want to create that awesome feel, but you have to understand it is a business too. And Mm -hmm. it's not, uh, you know, I, I think we have one of them a very fair deal in town, you know, in terms of other venues. Yeah. But, but it's not, uh, you know, we don't have a large budget to work with, but I think it's a very fair deal for what you get. Yeah, you know, and I, you know, you get a listening room, you get an intimate audience, um, and those are important things to a lot of artists. Totally,
0: yeah. So you have a unique perspective on this because, as a musician, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you handle the 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 booking for Wire and Nail. Uh, a lot of it, we all kind of help out, but okay. But you also are on the other side, you know, yeah. for for other shows. So. With that unique perspective, I've I've got to imagine you're just a bottomless pit of like advice for both musicians and for you know bookers and venues and things like that. So, what is the secret sauce? Because it doesn't
1: seem to be like a universal uh, Uh, formula that can be applied. A friend of mine, who's an amazing musician, he gave me great advice years ago on booking shows, and I still stick by that. I think it's. it's so simple and it's the best advice you give an artist for booking there's three things to consider good money a good time or good exposure and to book the show you got to say yes to two of them okay and that's how i always you know hey it's gonna be a it's gonna be a good time and good money but we're playing at a country club where no one's going to give a shit. Mm-hmm. We'll still book it. Hey, it's great exposure, a great time, and we're not making any money. Mm-hmm. Still worth it,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know. But if it's only one of those things, if it's if it's only good money and it's a terrible time and no exposure, then don't do it. Yeah, you know, I, that's it's so it's such simple advice, but I've always kind of gone by that when booking.
0: Yeah. Well, in the business world, it's there's a similar kind of matrix that you use. It's called good fast cheap. Yeah right. Like right. you're gonna get a good quality product or service. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's 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 gonna be fast or it's not, right? And and it's either gonna be affordable or, or it's not. gonna be more yeah. expensive. And you only get two of those, right? right? And there's even a website you can type it in, goodfastcheap.com, right. right. and like plug it in and mm-hmm. like spit it out. So it's a similar kind of formula for musicians. And I think musicians struggle with that a lot, you know, just kind of figuring out, especially if they've they don't know how to gauge whether or not it's going to be a good time. They've never worked with this booker before. They've yeah.
1: never played this venue. They've never played in this city. Well, and I'm not saying that that's a, you know, foolproof plan. Sure, you might. Yeah. You might a good framework. You might go into a thing it'll be a great time, and it turns out it's not at all. Right. You know, and you have to be, you have to be an easygoing person. Like mm-hmm. wire nail, you can almost always count on the good time. Yeah, yeah, current, no matter sure. what the gig yeah, is good time. we yeah we enjoy each other we love playing music no matter what the situation is we can make a good time out of anything mm-hmm. so it, you know you yeah. there's a lot of variables if you go in with a bad attitude yeah, yeah it's going to be a bad time yeah you know but if you go in with a good attitude and ready for it to, to just have a good time it's not that bad
0: yeah and so like from that perspective, do you, do you, like using that kind of framework, do you have any other advice for musicians? I mean, there's, a, I know a ton of musicians who are just trying to get them, their work out there and they don't know whether or not to focus on the recording side or the performing side or that's the a, social media
1: side. That's a tough question because it, it, there's just a million variables. Like, I, there's, you know, there isn't one way to do it and it's all dependent on the musician themselves mm-hmm. and what their strengths and weaknesses are.
0: Well, what's yep. been what's been the most effective, like, kind of tactic for you? Are you playing more shows, less recording, so more social media, or more on one platform versus another? Like,
1: well, I mean, I don't know if I have any right to answer that either because we're not like exactly well known, you know. Sure, it's, sure. Yeah. I, if uh, we're not coming from someone that's like, oh, we've made it, you know. Yeah. So I I don't really have an answer. I got you.
0: I got you. Um, and then and then from like the the booker side or from the venue side, like. What advice do you have for those types of folks who are wanting to create a venue that's like a VAR or, mm-hmm. or like a, a Linemans or have some sort of, you know, cachet like that where, where where artists want to come and play that venue? Like, what are the most important things for, for, for those folks? For someone wanting to create
1: that, yeah. that room? Oh, you just have to, like, accept that it's not for everybody. You yeah. know, like, it's not, not every artist should play at VAR. Mm -hmm. Not every artist should play a so far, you know, if, if an artist is wants to play a so far, but they're like, Hey, this is what we charge. It's like, okay, you, maybe you're too big for so far. It's Mm -hmm. not, it's not meant for every artist. Sure. And that's the same with VAR. It's the same with any venue. It's like, you know, know where you're as a, as a venue stage manager, it's like not every band is going to work. Right. You know, and it's that's not like an insult sure. to that band or, or right. to anybody. It's like, hey, this is you just got to accept that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I mean, this is a good like kind of segue to just talking about the the Milwaukee music scene or even the greater Wisconsin music scene. Uh, you've been in it, man, um, from both sides. Like, what do you see that has worked? Um, what do you see that is not working what needs to improve like what what what, what are the good things about Milwaukee's music scene and Wisconsin's music scene and where, where are some areas for improvement that you see I
1: think it's grown a lot coming out of COVID mm-hmm. I mean I think it's bigger than ever right now um I still think there's a lot of room to grow with with venues um especially in that like kind of mid mid-sized right there's there's lots of like really small places to play or really big places to play but but there's not a lot of like that good hey we're a 200 cap Mm -hmm. you know not a lot of those places um and then from like a looking at musicians standpoint i feel like i feel like a lot of musicians kind of get stuck in the same rut of playing of like oversaturating themselves Mm -hmm. and playing the same i mean we've had artists that you know, hey, they've booked at VAR and they're like, oh no, like we're going to draw.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I look at their schedule and like the night before VAR, they're playing in River West and the night after they're playing in Bayview. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I I don't think you are. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah, there's just not, gotta, a lot yeah, of people
0: are going to go all three of those shows yeah, or even got, two of
1: those three. I feel like people have to be more cognizant of, I mean, why are Nail tries to play I can confidently say we have a very good turnout mm-hmm. when we play in Milwaukee. And we play Milwaukee at most once a month. Okay. Because you know, we we only have so many fans. We're not a you know, super popular band, but we have like a solid fan base. But you know, you're not going to go to ever, anything. Even my favorite musicians like people are busy, mm-hmm. you know, but if it's like, oh, we're playing once in the next 6 weeks in Milwaukee, people will make a, your fans are going to make a better point to be there
0: yeah yeah and then and then kind of tying that back to like you know getting into something like a SoFar where you can go yeah. and easily play other cities
1: like mm-hmm.
0: from a from a, a well and
1: those are secret shows I mean that's what's so great about so far too is that you know in that sense let's say you know there are so many artists that are playing a public show on a Saturday in the and reach out to me to do a so far on that Friday Mm -hmm. because they're not conflicting audiences because it's a secret who the performer is. Right. 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 So there's, you know, you're not taking away your fan base. You're not dividing that fan base. You're not oversaturating when you play so far because there's no promo needed. There's you know, you don't have to do anything, but show up and play four songs.
0: Yep. Yeah. That's it. Yep. And I've seen that happen, you know, like um uh, a guest of the podcast, uh Tay. Yeah. You know, so Tay and the Neighborly played a sofar show. I think Tay's played so far. Cannot, I, Tay
1: and the neighborly have never played so far Milwaukee. Okay. Hopefully that's gonna change soon.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think I think they're playing a sofar show tonight mm-hmm. in chicago which yep. i can say because this won't come yep. out you no, know, yeah, it, yeah it will be public by then yeah um and then they're playing another show in chicago you know tomorrow night it's a great so way to promote. example right yeah
1: another um, another great part about so far it's right. a great way to promote your upcoming shows in a city right it's like hey you know these 65 people who didn't know who i am oh by the way you can catch me next saturday mm-hmm. at var gallery well, that's, you know,
0: wherever, you know, that's happened for me. Like I remember the so far show I went to at fuel. Um, I think it was the summer and I, and, and, and talk bizarre yep. was in from New York. Yeah. And, and then he played a show with Ben Milana yep. and Tay, the company very next day, at
1: company. Yeah. And so, and half of that audience was people that yep. saw him the night before yep. at so far. Yep. Yep. And so like, that's where
0: I'm going with this is like, if you're, if you're, I, I get people asking me all the time, like, how do I get fans in another city mm-hmm. will you know utilize an entry point like a so far right totally get a core group of people who really liked those four songs that you play uh book another show you yeah. know maybe in that same weekend and then come back to that that place that city like in a couple of months because i'll tell you one like i met noah at a so far show mm-hmm. loved what he did and i damn sure was going to be here at Var. exactly when he came back That's awesome. right you know so it's like you know, don't saturate yourself in one market to mm-hmm. your point, but at the same time, like utilize, you know, the leverage that you can pull yeah. I mean, um, to grow we were, a fan base elsewhere.
1: I was talking to Noah the next, the next morning, I was giving him a ride to the airport because he was playing in Ireland the next night, yeah, 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 which is, that's wild in itself. But, uh, we were talking about, you know, Oh, what a great turnout. Like that was exactly what we wanted. He played a so far show four months ago comes back and plays an amazing intimate room that's almost sold out. And I was like, so when you come back next? And he's like, you know, probably October. Okay. It's like a long time, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, he's not going to, you know, maybe he'll play a so far between then and now or between now and October, but he's probably not going to do another public show for like six months. Mm-hmm. but. That's guaranteeing when he does come back, everyone that's seen him in Milwaukee will go, Oh, like shit, it's been a long time. I and i might not get to see him for a long time. Right, right. So I better make it to that, I better make a point to not miss that show.
0: Totally. And that's again just credit to Sofar Milwaukee for introducing artists <laughs> like that to this scene and then giving them the opportunity. Cause I'm I'm guessing that when people come for so far, you know, from elsewhere. They may be asking you, like, "Hey, where else could I play here?" Oh, yeah, and you're hooking it up with venues, and, yeah. and 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 obviously it's easy for you because you 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 book here. Well, var
1: is, var is easy, but right, and I right, also have right. contacts at a lot of other places. Right, right. I don't do any booking for the Paps, but I you know I know the people that do. All right, you know, right, there's right. there's a lot of great great other little little clubs in town that, that you know that people are you know Anodyne. Yes, Anodyne's mm-hmm. cool.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. So you know, kind of sticking with the topic of the Milwaukee music scene, there's been a little bit of tension as of late with you know Live Nation announcing that they want to put a a, a new ah. venue, and you know there are some people who are you know loyal to the Milwaukee music scene and these smaller venues who who you know had a petition going around town yeah. kind of to try to stop that like just. You know, you don't have to say anything controversial if you don't want. But I, I'm, I'm just curious. Like, what is your perspective on all of that? Like, what side of the line do you stand on? how, how, do, how is it nuanced? Like, because I, I'm on both sides. Like, I, I, I want to pr- 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 support the the venues, the smaller venues that I could see that the, that those bigger venues would. Kind of take away some yeah. of that luster but at the same time two different types of traveling musicians probably two different types of audiences so i don't know where where are you with that
1: you know i'll 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 back out of that you know i don't okay. i don't have any we'll see what happens okay you know i don't think i don't have a uh extremely strong opinion either way but uh you know i have my opinions and they're We'll see, we'll see how it ends up.
0: Gotcha. But you know, even just zooming out of that particular instance, like your perspective on there being like for Milwaukee's music scene to become something that is known. Like, you know, obviously, you know, it's I don't know that it's ever gonna be to like a Nashville or something like that, yeah. but for it to become a well a more well-known music scene, you have to have a mix of all that type of stuff happening to your it's, point of
1: yeah, it's a it's classic business like one-on-one competition not always right a bad thing right but at the same time you know i do love the paps and uh the venues that have been around for a long time so i you know want to see them thrive too yeah but
0: to your but from your vantage point you think that milwaukee's music scene needs more of those kind of mid-sized venues to yeah, kind of take that I, next step. not
1: yeah th- that's they seem to be building a lot of venues that are for large touring artists and not necessarily, you know, what I see a need for is like a smaller venue, Mm -hmm. you know, the back room. Yeah. It's a great, great venue, Mm -hmm. but having, having more things in that realm of, you know, we're a 200 person cap room. That sounds good. I know there, there are 200 cap rooms in Milwaukee, but rooms that sound good that are more listening room or or not mm-hmm. but just that size I, that size range I feel like there's a, a need for
0: there's a gap there yeah gotcha cool yeah but
1: it's not easy to do it so I get yeah. Yeah, it's
0: so so if if for a listener who's not for, from Milwaukee or Wisconsin and isn't familiar with Milwaukee's music scene like how would you pitch um like for them to come like why would they come to Milwaukee to see music
1: i i mean i'm very biased i think milwaukee's the best city yeah um you know come for the cocktails the food stay for the music mm-hmm. we got it all
2: yeah
0: and you know we've had some names come out you know the violent Femmes and uh <laughs> and and the yeah. beans and you know there's countless others that you know could be named um but
1: oh i think there's a great music scene here now more than ever you know yeah i i think that that's all the past i think that. People coming out of Milwaukee now will be better and bigger. And even if they're not famous, I think that's a Mm -hmm. relative term, too. It's like there's amazing musicians here that I love way more than the Violent Femmes. Sure, sure, absolutely. uh, I don't think necessarily being like the number one radio hit or whatever is that important.
0: Yeah, yeah. But but to that same point, I've had this conversation with a few other artists on on the podcast who are from Wisconsin. Like if 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 someone does kind of make it mm-hmm. right, how important it is for them to kind of stay loyal to to the roots of of Milwaukee or Wisconsin as opposed to like moving to L.A. Yeah, or Atlanta totally. or wherever and just saying, oh, you know, we're out of L.A. Yeah. You know, that's going to be a huge help to the to the well, overall.
1: What I love about milwaukee i feel like you get a lot more like blue collar musicians Mm -hmm. you get more a lot of working musicians that are you know doing it full time whether they're they're making it work however they can
0: right right and
1: that's what you get a lot of i feel like
0: yeah 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 in a good way definitely kind of a renaissance happening here in milwaukee it's a it's a topic of conversation among musicians um and I it's an exciting time to to be a music lover and a music maker totally. in Milwaukee. And from that perspective, let's segue. I don't want to like completely like uh brush over your music making yeah. side. So you play keys in the band wire mm-hmm. and nail, which Heck is yeah. how do you describe wire and
2: nail?
1: Uh, I always say it's uh honky tonk rock and roll. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I don't I, you know I feel like the saying saying country scares people sometimes. You sure, know? sure, sure, sure. Um, cause they hear like Toby Keith on there, you know, mm-hmm. Luke Bryan on the radio and they see, oh, that's country. Mm-hmm. And uh we're not we're not Luke Bryan at all, but uh it's it is country though. You know, it's, it's honky tonk country. It's it's old school, old school country, southern rock, rock and roll. Um we've got a couple couple EPs out working on a new one right now. Mm-hmm. Um it's been fun to to have new music. And uh, hoping to get in the studio soon. Sweet. Uh, but yeah, but Wire Nails, a, we're a fun time. I, I promise a good time. Yeah. Whenever you come see us. I've been
0: to a few shows, and uh, most recently the one in, well, you put the So Far Show. Yeah, uh, But that was recently, fun. The, the one in Nashville North, boy, that place was packed.
1: Man. Yeah, we were really happy with the turnout. Yeah. It, was, it was cool. Yeah. We hit the capacity there before... We even started, which was, <laughs> which was awesome. Yeah, it's great. Um, but no, we're, you know, it's fun to also. Last night we played at uh, Gibson Music Hall in Appleton, great place, for their uh, like Wednesday night like listening room series, mm-hmm. and uh, it's been fun to to do more of that stuff with with Wire Nail too. As we are working on these new songs and, uh, you know, but they're also they're they're simple songs. Towards the end of towards the end of the night last night, Phil the the lead singer and songwriter. You know, it was like, so who here can guess the two things that I write about? And immediately someone someone yelled out love and someone else yelled out booze. So we're uh, and he went, you nailed it. You nailed it. It's uh we're we're just it's we're having fun. It's a good good time music.
0: Yeah. Is there a favorite wire nail show that you played? Or like oh. a favorite venue? Yeah. And why? Why did that stick out? That's
1: tough. We that's the thing with wire nail, we have fun. We always have fun. Mm -hmm. There's never, you know, what could be a a really shitty show to a lot of people. I feel like we still (laughs) we still find a way to have a really good time.
2: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Even
1: if there's no one there, or we're playing background music for a country club, or you know, (laughs) whatever we're doing. I feel like we we always, you know, we're all really good friends, which which helps. Yeah, you know, we're we're all like best friends. So the fact that we get to just jam and play music, music together and, you know, laugh on stage about our, our songs and our, what we're talking about, it's, they're all good. They're all good.
0: Cool. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, we could talk a lot about the music, but uh, I know we've only got a few more minutes here. So, and this has already been such a great conversation, but I end every interview with the same question and I did share, I did share this question with you before we started recording um so what is sam what's the most important thing that you want people to know about you it doesn't have to be about you as a musician or you as an industry professional it could be you as a person like what do you want people to know when they think of sam Bernelli?
1: uh that i i think that i just love music in every facet mm-hmm. you know i i love i love that i get to do so many different things in the music scene um i'm, I'm proud of that mm-hmm. and it's uh yeah, I, I just love I love music. I mean, it was yeah. the first concert I ever went to. I was like literally 10 or 11. And it was uh, David Crosby, who actually just passed away mm-hmm. this week, and mm-hmm. uh, Graham Nash from Crosby, Stills and & Nash. And, uh, you know, to be able to yeah. now work at that theater and, uh, you know, know all these cool musicians and meet people like you Uh, I just love the community aspect of it. And it's all been, you know, I feel like everything that I've that I have in in my life and the people I have have been because of, of music. Uh, So it's a, it's an amazing thing.
0: It really is. Yeah. And we are so grateful to have you in Milwaukee um, on both sides of the stage, you know, on stage. I appreciate
1: it. I don't know if I'm, I'm worthy of the, uh, Industry questions you're even asking me on. No, dude.
0: I, I mean, you've been a huge help for for me um, with this with this podcast. Um, you know, just connections and you know.
1: My, I, I shows hope I hope and, to be able to do so much more in 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 years to come too. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, you still got a lot of time left. Yeah. My <laughs> man. I
0: mean, you're 24 and you've already done so much. Um, and so I'm just—I just want to express my gratitude, you know, on behalf of, to you. of Milwaukee and and musicians and industry professionals. You are an integral part of of this music scene, thanks. and you got a bright future, my man.
1: I, I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate absolutely. It.
0: Um, yeah. So thanks for
1: sitting down with me. Uh, thanks for what you do. Um, this was thanks a for having really me on the podcast. Conversation. I, yeah. Typically, I told you this prior to the podcast, I, I don't like doing podcasts. So, <laughs> well, how was this one? It was good. It was yeah. good. But we're friends, you know, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I feel like I, I often feel like, why would like, why would my opinion on, on this matter? But I, uh, I'm happy that you had me on and it was, it was fun. It was good. And I, I'm happy to promote, you know, so far sounds and bar gallery and, uh, wire and nail. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can, I can, I think I can speak for the listeners by saying that a lot of what we talked about and what you shared is valuable. So just know that you're, you're worth that. I I appreciate it. Super valuable. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Musicians Venture Podcast. Please leave ratings and reviews from wherever you're listening from. Check us out online at themusiciansventure.com for more information on what we have happening, to find past episodes, and ways to get in touch with us. Find us on social media at the Musicians Venture on Facebook and Instagram, and at musicianventure on Twitter. Like and follow us on all those platforms, and hey, while you're there, engage with and share our content with your friends. The Musicians Venture Podcast is hosted by me, Nick O'Brien, with guest host appearances from Allison M. The podcast is produced by Shannon Coulard, with theme music by Mike Newmeyer. Thanks again for listening.